Well, hello there. You are listening to the Generation One Podcast. I am Drew Neal and happy to have the next few moments with you to share some encouraging updates, some testimonies, and I've got a little nugget of revelation for you as well. So tune in here for the next few moments, and I know this is really going to bless you. I tell you, we have been having, uh, the first thing I want to get to here is just, we've been having remarkable services, um, absolutely remarkable services, and there's really just been a fresh experience with the Holy Spirit that, you know, I think is just uh, so necessary when we gather. And, you know, if you're new to listening to Gen 1's podcast or new to attending Gen 1, uh, you know, we, we have just this high priority on experiencing God when we gather. And, you know, it's really the first priority when we gather uh, is to have that moment where God breaks in and shows himself uh, in ways that we wouldn't maybe normally experience when we are alone or we're in a smaller group of people. And I just like to think about the fact that if you've got you know, a, a large group of people in a room and you've taken all the time to gather together, that there should be something significant that is being accomplished uh, with our faith. And when you have that many people in the room, when you have that much faith in the room, I believe God has a dream about what's possible. And so I've really been just exploring this idea of the corporate anointing and and uh, I won't spend time on that today. We probably will spend time on that in the future, but uh, needless to say, we as a house are discovering a new depth to who we are together. And I really believe that as believers, we need to sell out for the idea that we're stronger together than we are apart. And we got to find the ways and the places where we can come together and express this anointing that we carry as the body and not just as an individual, um, not just the pastor with the microphone, not just the worship leader, not just, you know, whoever famous person might be around, but really the whole body expressing its anointing together. And of course, there is place for the individual, and I love the individual expression, but we have to fight and contend to hold our ground in the places where we share unity. And uh, so just excited about that. So man, if you live in the greater Metro Detroit area, you need to get to a Generation One service. I tell you what, the teams have been amazing. Uh, the encounters have been just so rich. The level of prophetic ministry is so deep and life impacting. Uh, our worship is so vertical. It is up and it's so exciting. And uh, and so it's just been so, so rich. Uh, don't miss these services at four o'clock. They really are tremendous. And so it's actually, you've been hearing a little more from me in this, uh, you know, kind of studio recorded scenario rather than speaking to the church, because honestly, uh, what we're getting accomplished in the service really isn't that great for a podcast. <laughs> it is, uh, it's quite experiential kind of a thing where you need to be there. And so, man, I don't miss out on this. Just get there. Come taste and see that the Lord is good. And uh, it's just going to be absolutely tremendous. You'll be encouraged by it. So um, we have just uh, just amazing things 
uh, that the Lord is stirring in us. And I spent a little bit of time here in our last service, um, you know, going after uh, really what I believe kind of seasonally is happening for us as a community. And it's really something that I believe is needed for the whole body of Christ. And Generation One, as a community of believers, I really believe is a prototype. It's even in our name, Gen One. We are a prototype of, of what God's wanting to do um, in the church. And, and if uh, you've heard me speak in the last you know year uh, at any conferences, trainings, a lot of what I've been speaking out of is Acts chapter 3, and it talks about that there would be... Um, uh, that there would be waves of refreshing uh, that would lead to the appointment of Christ that ultimately would bring the restoration of all things. And I really believe the end game for the church is transformation. And uh, I, I believe we need to be thinking about that transformation in every sphere of influence and in every facet of society. And and so uh, I've been pressing into this, uh, but it really re- you know requires a new set of values. Uh, it requires a new mindset. And today, I just want to spend a few moments with you talking about some of this mindset that we need because Gen 1, we're about to make a massive shift. There's a massive shift coming to us, and I believe ultimately there's a massive shift coming to the body of Christ, especially those who have a supernatural value set, who are you know just discontent with status quo. You're discontent with just man's ability. You're discontent with just what is you know known and regular and common, and and you're wired for the uncommon. And if you really believe that you're wired for the uncommon, you're really going to be uh, also encouraged by this. But you know one of the shifts that's happening right now is that we're realizing that. We need to have these unexplainable moments. We need to have these supernatural encounters. And yet we also need to understand how that changes the way that I live Monday through Saturday. There is a need for us to be able to translate the fullness of what God has done in us in these mysterious, wonder-filled moments. You know, there, there, is, a, there is a movement around the world happening. It's been happening. It's really probably been highlighted the last you know six or seven years of just this empowerment movement where you know Christians have been exposed to the fact that they get to live like Jesus lived with his power his love and a sound mind and so uh, the power piece has been the thing that's been growing you know we've been seeing signs wonders and miracles Uh, we have more documented resurrections right now than any other time in history we have more you know cases of, of healing medically documented right now than any other time in history we have more people getting trained and equipped in arena us, which means we have more people living out a supernatural lifestyle right now than any other time in history. It's a remarkable time to be alive. And, you know, it's just, uh, and, and yet we can't just settle for the fact that we know how to do a miracle or that we can have faith for a miracle. We have to know that that is a tool to equip us while we're going and executing our purpose uh, with the result being transformation of the world to look more like Jesus. And so we, we need to make this shift of understanding how to move out of the um, you know, waves of refreshing, a revival, if you will, for me, and into the appointment of Christ, which is a governmental word, that appointment, which talks about structures and, and creating order in the world, and we call that reformation and which ultimately will lead to the restoration of all things. 
And so th- there's a need for us to know how to move from a place of revival while working within reformation. And this is really intense stuff because, you know, um, even in my own journey, you know, I, I've been in this journey. I mean, I went through a powerful visitation from the Lord that started back in 2008 in my home and some private meetings and uh, prayer meetings and getting some people together to pray. And and just I began to get opened up to the wonder of God in a, in a remarkable way, which ultimately got me to, you know, opening up a church in 2012, this church, a podcast you listen to, Generation One. And, you know, we really went, I mean, pr- probably from uh, 2000, the beginning of 2011, I traveled, I started traveling quite a bit and doing conferences and, and going out and, um, and really the basis of that was refreshing. It was waves of refreshing. It was revival was the motivation, getting people, Christians revived, getting them to a point where they would be aware of how alive unto God they really are. And what's possible when we realize that we're alive unto God. And so, you know, to get alive or to get aware of how alive we are, oftentimes there's mindsets and limitations that have to be broken off. And and uh, we like everything in a box, nice and neat. We can control it. And, you know, we got to let go. We got to deconstruct some of those mindsets that have come really in, in religiosity, you know, uh, ritual and form without power and and so we have all these limitations that are created. And, and so revival is really about us being open to letting God be bigger than us. And so you know, I started traveling in 2011 and got my first international invitation uh, into the nation of Germany. Actually, God took me over there and I was there New Year's Eve uh, in 2010 leading through the new year. Uh, which was just remarkable. We had remarkable meetings, life-changing meetings, actually. And we had an encounter with the Lord for four or five days um, on, a, on a former Nazi uh, army base and uh, that's now a conference center. And it was just, it was a beautiful thing that God was doing. And I love what God's doing in the nation of Germany. And so uh, that led to the opening of a church. And and so really from from 2011 till about 2015, I've spent four years pursuing encounter. I mean, everything I did was about being face-to-face with God, you know, and I had just remarkable experiences, many of them unexplainable, many of them mysterious, many of them wonder-filled, many of them, you know, just absolutely mind-blowing and and so, man, I, I saw the I saw blind eyes opened. I, I saw the lame leap. I saw the deaf hear. Uh, you know, just saw remarkable, remarkable things. And I probably saw more in that four year window than I had ever seen in my entire life. And it was a real visitation from the Lord. And yet, it was also a, a partnership of me choosing to be aware of God in a way that I had never been aware. And it was centered on His love and what's possible in his love. And so uh, I went through that experience and, you know, there were, there were moments even, you know, if we go back to 2008, which was really the beginning of all this, um, you know, I, I just had moments where um, I, I could not even stand in my own home. I'd be walking through the hallway of my house and it was like my feet got taken out from underneath of me. And I mean, and I would just sense the power of God moving through my body in a way that I had never felt before. 
And it was the Lord just kind of tapping me on my shoulder saying, hello, (laughs) I would like to do something that's a little bigger than you understand. And there's something beautiful about that surrender. There's something beautiful about opening ourselves up to letting God be so big. And and so, you know, my whole ministry uh, from a platform standpoint and public speaking standpoint was launched on this idea of encounter, this idea of waves of refreshing, as Acts 3 likes to say. And and so, uh, and, and so, you know, it was a little uncomfortable, you know, because when, when God shows up in power, uh, things happen that can't always be explained. And even when we see biblical precedents for it, um, it, it, it doesn't, all we see is that it's happened. We don't always know why. They are signs that make you wonder. And so it was a little, you know, difficult at times to explain to people why I was doing what I was doing and why I was going after the things that I was going after. Because unless you've tasted and seen that God was good and been open to allow God to do such a deep inward work in you, uh, it's hard to to understand. And uh, because there's safety in holding on to our mindsets, there's safety in holding on to the things that create short-term security for us. There's you know, and, and so when you, when you let go and you say, God, I'm just going to fully surrender to you. I'm going to trust you in every facet of my life. I'm going to let you be bigger than I currently understand. And, and uh, uh, it, it just opens you up to experiences that are, are, are quite healing. They're quite restorative and uh, they're quite freeing, actually. Um, uh, and they allow you to be authentic and they allow you to be honest with who you are and who you're not and let God uh, draw you close and, and deeper into uh, who he's created you to be so that you can be more honest in what that looks like. And so, you know, many people I know in faith-based communities are, are, are living for the approval of somebody else. They're living for the approval of a system. They're living for the approval of you know, uh, of people in a crowd and, and you're basically, you know, as valuable as your last really awesome message or your last really great performance of worship. And uh, yes, I just said performance of worship because that's unfortunately how most experiences are. And, um, you know, and, and so it's, what have you done for me lately? And, and so I really believe that there's an authenticity available that God wants to deconstruct the pressures and the systems and the expectations and, and all the things that we've built that are maybe extra biblical or, um, or maybe we're, we're not sure if it's important to God. Or maybe we can't prove that it's important to God, but culture has said it's important. And so, you know, in raves of refreshing, it opens us up to these things. And so it was super uncomfortable for me to push into those things. And, you know, there's some of you guys who probably came to some weird and wonderful meetings that Drew Neal was hosting. <laughs> and you're like, Drew, what are you doing? <laughs> are you crazy? And, uh, you know, and so, man, but I, I, it was exactly what I, I needed to go through. And it was exactly what the people needed to go through that, where I was surrounded by and what we were passionate towards because we knew that there was more and we knew we had to let go of, a, of our, our boxes to let God be bigger than we could understand. And so, you know, my journey of, of the season that I'm in was, was really birthed in the fire, you know, the baptism of fire. There's, there's three baptisms that Hebrews talks about in Hebrews 6. It's, you know, it's the, the baptism of water, the baptism of spirit, and the baptism of fire. And, and so uh, I have been baptized in water, and I have been baptized in the spirit, 
But I really believe that from 2008 to 2015, that it was a focus of being baptized by fire. And um, which, you know, brings a lot of purity. It brings strength. It, it brings uh, an, an awareness of the anointing that's available. And, uh, and so it was, it was a remarkable season. And so, um, so I, I actually, uh, in, in 2016, um, there was a real shift where I began to realize that I needed to have mechanisms in my life that would allow for what I was gaining in the in the unseen place, the, the the growth that was happening in the spirit realm, that it needed to have a tangible manifestation or create a tangible new reality in the physical world. And I, I knew that when I got up off the floor from having experiences that I couldn't always explain, that, that, I, that there needed to be a pursuit in my life to understand those moments, to bring, um, and, and, and to be able to bring language to translate those moments so that they could turn into mechanisms that would benefit the world around me that may not have had those experiences with me. And so um, I really spent you know, the last uh, four years going after this appointment of Christ, going back to Acts chapter three. So it's waves of refreshing that lead to the appointment of Christ. And so the last four years have been all about this appointment of Christ in my life and in the things that I lead, which ultimately I like this word reformation for. And so revival is for me. Reformation is for the world around me. I need a drink of water. And so uh, there is a need I've seen in the body of Christ, especially those who have uh, experienced uh, the wonder of God, the power of God. You know, the charismatic subset within uh, the evangelical church has, has a high priority on, on power. And so um, I realized that there was a need for uh, not just an inflow of the kingdom, but also an outflow of the kingdom in my life. And so I begin to press into this and, and want to understand it. And, and so um, I've spent the last few years doing that. I've shifted my platform to more of an integration message. And uh, many of you guys following around have seen, you know, how I've elevated this idea of the solutionary. Um, and it's been really profound and powerful. And, you know, there's, you know, amazing leaders have been grabbing hold of this. And uh, Chris Valentin's, uh Sunday night message uh, just he, he elevated it again. And I think this is probably his third or fourth time. And he elevated it as one of the top four priorities of what God is doing right now and is getting us to become solutionaries who have wisdom and innovation to bring solutions to real problems. And so um, if you've been following my platform uh, at all, um, you know, this is, this is exactly uh, what I've been communicating as a primary revelation that's, that's needed in the body of Christ is that, you know, we need to realize that the kingdom of God is meant to solve problems. And so, you know, I love the mystery and the wonder of God. I love the encounter. Um, that does a transformation inside of me that then leads me or allows me to become 
a solution to a problem in the world. And and so when we realized that our purpose was meant to solve a problem, as solutionaries, we are able to drive reformational outcomes in the world by solving people's problems with the power of the gospel. And so um, that, but that looks like things and, and, and requires a mindset and requires a freedom to not just be busy and not just have good ideas, but to actually take our supernatural mindset, our supernatural skill set, and begin to create a package or an experience for people that is solution-oriented and can work as a solution within every sphere of influence. And so I really believe that we need educators who know how to take their wonder-filled experience with the Lord, allow that to be inspiration for clarity and revelation on, on who they are and what problem they solve and how they can solve that problem and then move into a reformational um, place so that they can um, you, you know, accept the responsibility, not just to have the idea, but to actually go after and implement and integrate that solution into the world. We need kingdom solutions. And so we need kingdom encounters and we need kingdom solutions. And so the encounter should lead us to a solution. It should, it, should, it should lead us to the point where we realize we've received something divinely, supernaturally, sovereignly from the Lord that leads us to the point that we can truly have, um, you know, solutions for the world. And so I've spent the last few years really pioneering in this space uh, within kind of the charismatic subset of saying, you know, how can we take this group of people who have so much inside of them? You know, honestly, it's like, um, you know, there's different groups, you know, within the evangelical church have different skills, right? You know, the seeker has the skill of, of drawing people, you know, and gathering the person who, who doesn't know God and, and, and they have a, an ability to get them in the room. And, you know, the Baptists have a huge value on, on scripture and biblical discipleship and, and they do great in that. And we can kind of go through, um, you know, different subsets of denominations and the strengths that they have. And, you know, and the strength of the charismatic is that they really believe that God is present and wants to interact right now, which is remarkable. And, and so, but we need to have a practical integration. You know, we can, we can see how community has a practical integration. You know, the secret church has doubled down on community and, and, and we all can have very easy conversations right now about how community integrates into the world. You know, we can also have, you know, pretty easy conversations on how Scripture integrates in the world. We can look at the book of Proverbs and look at the principles and do unto others as you would have them do unto you and the golden rule. And, and we've seen that. We already have a map for that. We already have reformed from those experiences. Um, but one of the things that we haven't reformed yet is 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 really understanding how to take the mystical, the the mystery, the wonder-filled part of God, which is most of the which is actually most of the stories that are in the Bible, beyond the principles, the stories and the testimonies of how people lived, old covenant and new covenant, we haven't translated how those people have impact in the world. Um, and so I've spent the last, you know, four years prototyping, discovering, doing research, and wanting to understand how we can get this part integrated 
into the world because let's just face it, um, we have serious problems in the world and we're not solving those problems. And so um, I really believe there's a need for us to do that. Now, all that being said, um, revival and reformation, I believe that you first need to start in revival. I believe you first need to have an encounter with God. I believe that you first need to get face-to-face with Him. I think first you have to have that clarion call. I believe first you need to have that moment where God gets bigger than you can understand um, so that you can realize what you're, what you're sourced from and, and realize what you're, what you're sourced with or what you're connected with so that you can realize the potential of Christ moving through you and not you just being busy while thinking about God. And so... Um, you are a spiritual being having a, a human experience. And so when you see things that way, you can begin to realize um, the capacity of what it is that God wants to do through you. And so I really believe that there is a mature believer right now who understands this reality of what it means to be in community, what it means to be um, grounded in the written word of God, and also to have the understanding of what it means to walk with Holy Spirit as a teacher, as a guide, as a comforter, uh, just like Jesus uh, positioned the disciples in John 14, 15, and 16. And so there's a need for us to understand that. And so, but, you know, you got to be born of fire. You know, I, I really believe that the believers who are going to change the world are those who've been baptized of water, of spirit, and of fire. And so there's a, there's a biblical precedence for, um, in the book of Acts for this. And, and we need to realize that, you know, the apostles and the people who changed the world and the disciples, you know, the 120, if you will, that they walked out this experience of these baptisms. And, and so there's a need for us to, to, to walk in the reality of the regeneration that happens in, uh, those moments. And so, uh, and so there's beauty in that. And to think that we're going to reform the world and do it just out of good ideas is, is really an incomplete concept. It's not wrong. It's just incomplete. We, the level of challenge that we have in the world re, is going to require a supernatural skill set, a supernatural mindset, and uh, a union with God that we flow from that allows something uh, bigger than us to be possible. When you look at the challenges, you know, um, in the world today, we can dream about about a lot of them. There's a lot of fear this week, last week, you know, about COVID nineteen and uh, coronavirus, and you know, there's there's real things that are happening, and yet that are a challenge, and yet another challenge is the cultural response. You know, we've got two challenges, and I'm not certain which one is more of a problem, to be honest with you. Uh, I, I think the fear of a problem might be bigger than the problem itself. You know, fear is, is just grabbing hold of the culture. And when you don't have fathers in place, fear will lead you. And then in fear, you will spend money and, to protect yourself because you don't feel protected. You don't know what to trust. You don't know who to trust because you don't have a father that's willing to be a shield, a defender, and a protector. And so because we have the most unfathered generation in the world right now uh, leading, uh, we, are, we are paying the fear tax. And the fear tax is, 
is the catastrophizing of, of the unknown. And when fathers are in place, they protect us from the responsibility of feeling the weight of the unknown. And fathers carry the weight of the unknown better than children do. And so when you've not been fathered or trained how to do that, and you get into a fathering or leadership position, you won't know how to manage the tension of the unknown, which is what fathers do so brilliantly. They know how to maneuver in those moments. They know how to protect and take the brunt of, of, of what we can't anticipate is coming, and they create safety for everyone else to know that they're gonna be taken care of no matter what. <laughs> and I've got some good news for you right now. If you haven't been fathered, you are fathered by the Father who has come to protect you no matter the outcome. God is bigger than, than anything we could ever come against. And when we come into surrender to that, we receive the benefits of it. And so, once again, this doesn't turn off our brain. It doesn't take away our principles. But I tell you what, when we have done all that we can, we still are not protected from the unknown. And that's what fathers do. And so, uh, and so I, you know, we need people who can get beyond fear and really be able to handle the challenges of the day and do it with wisdom and innovation like never before. And so we need people who can live in the inspiration of the wonder of God and also accept the responsibility for integration like we've never seen. And so, um, and so I found myself at times in my journey here over the last four years living out the tension of making sure that what I'm integrating is still sourced from the fire. And, you know, metal is, is shaped in the fire. And, you know, oftentimes when steel is getting shaped, it has to revisit the fire so it can be refined and go through multiple processes. And, you know, there's been times where, you know, I'll want to have a finished product or I'll start to put, you know, I'll start to build on a foundation that was, you know, inspired from the fire. And I'll realize that that foundation isn't ready to be built on yet, that it needs to be refined again. And I need to take it back into the fire and get it softened so it can be shaped and be molded. In the fire, um, all the impurities are taken out. In the fire, you become soft and moldable. In the fire, you begin to take on a, a, a new... Um, uh, you, you know, you have a new uh, chemistry, you know, makeup, if you will, uh, because things are responding in a different way because of a different way because of heat. And so um, I'm not a scientist here, uh, but you understand what I'm saying. Uh, there is uh, things are able to transform when they are softened and transformation is a multiple form from the same substance. And so transformation starts in the fire. Reformation shapes it. So reformation is that hammer, you know, and it's hitting the, the, the material in between the anvil and the, the force. And so um, we have to understand that we can't just beat things that are hard. Um, we need to be softened in the fire. And so when you have a reformational mindset, but you don't have a fire to source the, the product, you will just beat things to death and you will get exhausted and hardly anything will change. And I've seen a lot of people who are excited about changing the world but haven't been born of fire and so they're out there and they're exhausted. 
just trying to do everything in their own strength. And so I really believe that there's a need for us as believers to draw a line in the sand that says, hey, if we're going to be a solutionary, if we're going to be people who actually change the world, we can never get too far away from the fire. That we have to be sold out um, for the reality of what God wants to do and wonder and empower and live and surrender to that so that we will be flexible and moldable so that we can really be shaped to become the solution in the world that God had in mind when he made us. And so um, and so as a church, this is leading me to really um, one of the things that I encourage our church on, and, and what I want to encourage the whole body of Christ to get into is that we need to sell out for the fire and make sure that our fire stays bright. It stays hot, and we don't get too far away from it while being busy um, changing the world. And, uh, you know, and I found myself at different times where I start to feel a little overwhelmed. Uh, I'm busy. I'm taking on a lot of things. And, you know, I've, I, I, I'm very busy. I'm, I'm more busy than I've ever been. And I'm having to guard my time and guard my intimacy with the Lord like never before. And I'm having to guard time with my family like never before. And uh, the demand in my world is increasing and it's growing. And my speaking platforms as busy as I want it to be. And uh, my consultancy is really growing and taking on a lot of new clients right now. And of course, I have the great joy of leading this, this community here at Generation One and the local church and these leaders are so important to me and growing up and raising up sons and daughters in the house that carry the exact tension of what I'm talking about these skills of reformation and revival and and so but as I'm doing that personally I'm having to make sure that I'm not just getting busy but that I am making sure that the fire is close and that I'm able to immerse myself um, in the fire so that I'm staying flexible and moldable and staying soft before the Lord and and as I'm out in the highways and the byways bringing transformation into nations and businesses and other churches that uh, I'm able to go back into the fire to to burn off any impurities that I've gathered along the way and any cobwebs in the corner and 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 all the things and you know when you go into battle you know you come back with a few dings and scratches and and nicks and and things that are going on and you got to get healed up you got to get refreshed and you got to get um uh 100 and so uh there's a need for us as believers to know how to do both of these things and so my encouragement to you is that um uh, we need both. We need both of these places. We're called into it. We can do it. God is wanting us to uh, to know that he's ever close and that he is a consuming fire. And in that consuming fire is the ability to become uh, the thing that God is, is molding us and shaping us into, that then we can go and do the same thing in the world. So I hope this encourages you. Get that time with the Lord. Get face-to-face with God. Don't ever, don't ever sell out for um, believing that your, uh, the way you discovered first love was enough to source you for your entire life. Don't ever sell out and believe that yesterday's experience with God is enough for tomorrow. You need fresh, fresh sourced inspiration, strength, 
You need a fresh fire experience that will continue to push you and source what it is that God's wanting to do, not just in you, but what he's wanting to do through you. And so I just encourage you right now, you know, especially those, you know, high gifted leaders and people that are out changing the world, um, you, uh, you will be uh, able to sustain the impact you're having according to how much you're in the fire. And, uh, and I also want to encourage a person who's just been camping by the fire but hasn't allowed themselves to get on the anvil. <laughs> you got to get on the anvil. You need to be shaped. You need to know who you are. You need disciplines. You need principles. You need to begin to have an identity where you're not just a blob of soft material, but you take on the form of something that would ultimately be gripped by the Father and used as a tool of transformation in the earth. You have purpose, and your purpose was meant to solve a problem in the world. And so we need both of these things. And uh, so my encouragement to you is that you need to find a faith-filled community that is stirring and blowing on the fire um, so that you can be sourced from him as a consuming fire that then will also allow you to be equipped so that as you go out that you have um, the divine intelligence that's needed um, through the power of the Holy Spirit to actually bring solutions that are unparalleled uh, to the to the problems that exist in the world. And so this is who we are as Generation One. We are a family of, of, of believers who have come together. We are a multi-generational prototype of what revival and reformation will look like in the world. And so um, just be praying for us. We're crossing over and do a new season of learning how to do both of these things. And it's really exciting. I mean, it is so exciting. Um, I don't really know um, anybody who's doing this. I don't know anybody who's truly talking about these things and implementing them because it's just so easy to sell out for one or the other. It's easy to sell out just to be the, you know, we're, we're the really smart church and we do everything in excellence. And then it's also really easy to sell out. We're just hyper experienced. And uh, I hear some people sometimes talking about the idea of both, but I don't see anybody integrating them. And I really believe this is a prototype of what's about to come in this new hybrid of what the Lord is doing in the church, where we don't have to forsake our wonder for integration and application. And, uh, and so I'd encourage you just to pray about this, pray into this. And begin to ask the Lord, you know, what it looks like, you know, um, in your family situation. You know, there's, there's uh, someone listening right now and you have a, I see a 14-year-old daughter and, and you have a challenge with them and you don't really know what to do. You've exhausted everything you can. And in your uh, concern and in your passion for, you know, meeting the need of your child, um, uh, you may have forsaken your source to realize that God's, God wants to do something for you and through you that's bigger than what uh, focus on the family can offer. It's bigger than what a book can offer you. Um, God wants to do something for you. And I would just encourage you just to, to find yourself um, wide open and soft before the Lord, getting that time not just to be like, God, give me the solution, but to get time just to be with God to focus on the Lord and, and who he is and, and, and the grandeur and the wonder of what's available in him. 
and uh, and and I believe that God's going to do something in you. He's going to show you. He's going to speak to you. I see the Lord's going to give you uh, two different steps to take that are going to open this thing up so that hearts can get soft and then get reconnected uh, so that we can see real transformation. So I just bless you with that word right now. And then I really see that there's uh, there's another individual who has had challenges and the Lord has already spoken to you. The Lord has given you dreams and given you visions and given you um, even prophetic words and he's given you steps and you don't know if you can do it and you haven't acted out on those steps. And uh, I specifically see, um, I see a male uh, at 44 years old uh, who's been living in fear, wondering if God's still going to have their back when they put themselves out there. So I just release courage and permission right now in Jesus' mighty name for you to be yourself, to be who God's called you to be, and to live in the tension and responsibility of integrating what you've received in the fire, what you've received and wonder, and to really begin to put language on it as you accept God's heart towards a people group in the world that has a problem you were meant to solve. So I just bless you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And I hope this is encouraging for you. Um, God wants to do something not just for you, but he wants to do it through you. You're not a problem. You're a solution. And I really believe the solutionary is really an individual who can do both of these things. They know how to rest in the fire. They know how to rest in the, in the, in the place that allows them to be soft. And they know how to integrate in the world to bring radical transformation. This is the new thing. This is absolutely the new thing. Uh, not new for God, it's new for us. And those who catch hold of this will be the champions of what it is uh, that God wants to do in the world in this next season. So, hey, I hope this is encouraging to you. If you've been listening to our series, the written series, we're going to be continuing that. So hold on. We're not done there. We're going to hit Paul's ministry. and We're going to hit victorious eschatology. But this last service just got hijacked uh, by Holy Spirit. And this is what we went after. It's just kind of drawing this line in the sand that says, hey, Hey, we are not um, we are not letting go of the foundation of what's gotten us here, and we are doubling down on on the baptism of fire. We're doubling down on what it is that God wants to do that's bigger than us, and staying close to the source, uh, so that we don't just duplicate us. We want to duplicate the heart of the Father. And so, man, I hope this is encouraging to you. Man, share this podcast with someone who needs to hear it. There's, there are church leaders all around the world who need to hear this exact message. This is the message they need to hear. Send this to a pastor. Send this to a business leader. Send this to the most powerful world changer you know to remind them that we can't get away from the basics that have gotten us where we're at. And so, I hope this encourages you, and uh, and so, man, we're excited. We got some really great uh, content coming your way. Uh, the written series is going to be wrapping up. We are jumping into uh, our next series, which is going to be called Uncommon Unity, and so it is a series on community uh, and talking about what is uncommon uh, in and what God's doing right now. It's kind of like, what are the hotbeds of community within the kingdom of God and where people are rallying? We're going to be hitting the realm of hunger, the realm of growth, and the realm of impact. We believe these are the three significant areas, the uncommon, extraordinary areas of community right now where we're finding uh, shared unity. So uh, 
Uh, you're not going to want to miss this. It's coming up. It's going to be amazing. Uh, excited to be praying for me. Uh, my wife and I are going to be suffering for Jesus in the Cayman Islands this week. I'm actually going to be ministering. Uh, and Melissa's going to be able to go down with me, which is going to be awesome. Uh, I'll be ministering in Silicon Valley here in a few weeks. Excited about that. Can't share a ton about that. Uh, but uh, God is opening up solutionary doors uh, and tech, which is exciting. Uh, and then the end of this month, I'll be in Germany, uh, excited for the Wall Jumpers Conference with uh, Andy Cox and the CZD family in Darmstadt. And uh, and so also getting time with God Encounter Ministries on a Dangler. Excited to be with those guys in Nuremberg. So be praying for me and uh, I'll be praying for you. And, uh, you know, if you are an entrepreneur or uh, a leader of an organization of impact at any level, church, uh, you know, or, you know, marketplace, um, I have a tremendous personal growth uh, and organizational growth group on Facebook. It is called Solutionary Growth. So make sure you go find that group, search it. Uh, and uh, and just request a group, and I'll let you in. We've got nearly 400 leaders who've requested the group right now, and I've not been adding people. I've only just been inviting, and then people have been adding themselves, and it's really been great. These are hungry people, and there's a ton of great free content kind of in the organizational growth uh, and personal growth categories. So join me on that little adventure. Uh, you are not a problem. You are a solution. God bless you guys. And thanks for listening today. I'll talk to you soon.